1: It's the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night. About it. a real C's fan wouldn't wanna live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East, and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the other guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's Reign and Jay, Millie's
0: Welcome back. This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast and we want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine. You're out there doing your thing, going to work, gym, home, whatever it is but you're taking us along with you we very much appreciate it. We are in the top two hundred on iTunes. Thanks to you guys. Very, very much appreciate your subscriptions, your interactions, the reviews, all of that stuff. Really do appreciate that. We're the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales. I cover the team for MassLive.com. Joined today by Samuel, Jamison, Packard the Third. I'm not even going to do all the other names. It's just I can't I can't force you to muster multiple jams. Jam is a sad boy today. There's no the Young Baby Jam Witch, all that. The ladies Love Cool shit, all of that stuff. No.
1: no just, he does not exist today.
0: It's just Jam the Sad Boy because Mr. Gorgeous Eyes, Al Horford, is now not only gone, but a member of the 76ers. Now, Jay and I talked about it last night a little bit, but... In addition to the other stuff, Enos Cantor, Summer League stuff, Kawhi Leonard, rumors, blah, blah, blah. I really feel like the people, the people want your take. You have a unique perspective, a personal feel. This this hurts you.
1: It's, it's just, it's deflating. It, like well, I already had gone through the stages of grief to accept that Al Horford was leaving. Then there was like the following Twitter all day. There was talks of the sign-and-trades uh, where it's to might be a four-team sign-and-trade, double-sign-and-trades, cap maneuvers that I don't even know about, ways that they could possibly bring Al Horford back. And Hope had returned. And that's the worst thing that could happen because there was for a moment there for a solid two hours where I thought Al Horford return, would return. Now, I, like I was at a bachelor party this weekend, and um, I actually – the day I went down, I went, you know, my, was wearing my shoot a three coward t-shirt just to really rub it in the face of those dirty Philadelphians, uh, where the Bachelor party was. And no one said a thing. And then on the day I was coming back, Sunday, I, I was wearing my Al Horford is good t-shirt. And I got nothing but compliments from the people of Philadelphia all asked, like asked me if they thought they would stay, saying that they wanted them with the Sixers. It was really bizarre. So I should have known something was up. Uh, <laughs> And then I got back home to Boston. And I got the tweet, and it was just, and it was just like, "Fuck, man! I don't want
2: to."
1: <laughs> I love Al Horford. I uh, don't like the Sixers. I think Ben Simmons is a coward. Um, and it's just like, of all the teams, I think I would. The Lakers would have been much worse. I think the Lakers and joining LeBron would have stung a lot worse. But this was like, if you had to make a list of teams. I think the 76ers are absolutely uh, next on the list. And so it was just like, do I root for the Sixers? Like, I can only – I'm not – definitely never, like, in comparison with the Celtics or, like, if they were was a choice, it's Celtics a thousand out of a thousand times. But, like, does it become a Ray Bork scenario where you start rooting for Al Horford to get a ring if the Celtics aren't in it? I don't know. And then I saw, like, all these people calling him, like, traitors or, like – Saying it was a real shitty move for the Celtics, like for the Al Horford to go to a rival team. That's just not how the NBA really works anymore. Al Horford got a four year deal and could possibly make over $100 million right. until he's 37. I do not fault Al Horford whatsoever. I know I'm a little bit biased because I've been um, basically hitting on him for the past four years, but I don't know. It's just, it's going to be weird to see him in the Sixers uniform. It's just going to be. Not fun to have basically – my biggest concern when he was leaving was like, oh, now we have no Embiid stopper. Now there is no Embiid stopper. He's on Embiid's team. yep I mean, it I think it the 76ers are going to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. I think they still have an issue in terms of uh, shooting or uh, having a guy who can actually run the offense in the playoffs. But we'll get to that. That's all in due time. But it's going to be interesting to see kind of how he helps solve the Sixers issues because that's all he does. He's like does the little things, and he's going to be a perfect backup to Embiid. They can both play like 60 games next year and be well-rested. I just thought it was a great signing by the Sixers and just heartbreaking heartbreaking stuff.
0: Uh, One thing that we didn't discuss last night, and I saw it mentioned in a couple of places, was the idea that Horford choosing the Sixers was a – a, a little bit of self-preservation because he's going to a team with an established dominant center, which means he can play the four and he can go be a stretch four and he doesn't have to bang against Embiid. He doesn't have to dig his foot and and take the pounding, which we know this past season he had the knee issues, the the knee flaring up, the patellar tendinitis, whatever they called it. I think there's some legitimacy to that. There's Obviously, the money he took, we'll, we'll just call it around number $100 million because by the time bonuses, whatever, about $100 million that the the Celtics weren't going to give him. Even if they were close, it wasn't $100 million. And then you factor in the, I don't have to defend Joel Embiid now. I don't have to defend other centers now. I can defend, I can go out in the perimeter I don't have to bang. I can preserve my body. It's the last four years of my career, theoretically. Like, that makes much more sense. Like, yeah, I can see why a guy at this stage of his career would make these particular choices. And it just so happens that those choices are in Philadelphia. And that that was the team that had the money, had the situation. It all just... It just was the perfect scenario for him. It just makes sense to me.
1: And it makes sense because it's um, from the physical perspective, but also just in terms of production. I mean, the numbers when Al Horford was off the court for the Celtics were atrocious last year. He was pretty much had to be like single-handedly on every single moment he was on the court. He had to be the captain of the defense and one of the main facilitators on offense. He just doesn't have to have that kind of role and can take a kind of I mean, He's still making large sums of money, but it's like more of a, a, what, he's going to be the fourth, kind of the fourth face on that team after uh, Tobias Harris and the main two stars. It's just like uh, he's going to be making more money than he thought he would be with the Celtics, and he's going to take a a kind of a lesser role and have less responsibility and just go back to his natural position. He was drafted as a, a power forward. He's been a power forward for most of his career. Um, if you like, look at Hawks Twitter. They're they're rejoicing just to see him back at Power Four because that's where they saw him and be uh, so successful. And so it, it's a deal that makes all the sense in the world for Al Horford. Um, and does do you think that he, like they were the the Sixers were the mystery team the entire time? Like we kept on hearing about this mystery team, and I never really heard Al Horford. I heard like Horford to the Sixers whispers, but. I heard a lot more uh, rumors and stuff about him going to the Pelicans and the Mavericks. Were the Sixers the mystery team the whole time, or was he planning on going? Because that's some other part of that we have. I don't think you guys have discussed is that like even with all the sign and trade machinations and all the crazy things, there reports that no matter what, he was he was not coming back to the Celtics.
0: Yeah, this goes into the tampering thing that Mark Murphy published in the in the Herald. Um, I I would assume that the Sixers were the mystery team the whole time because according to Murph in his piece, and he even tweeted this a couple of weeks ago where he said Al Horford has, must have an idea of where he wants to go because uh, that explains like the sudden departure from the uh, negotiations. And in today, uh, the um, what's today, Tuesday, Monday in the Monday Herald, <laughs> <laughs> losing complete track of my days in the Monday her- Herald he had as a source that said yeah the Al was never coming back to Boston that deal was done two weeks ago and further that person said that Kyrie and Kevin Durant were done in Brooklyn months ago So it seems like there was some good old fa- fashion tampering going on and that that Al had this deal and if anything he might have been shopping himself around to other teams to kind of say hey, Uh, we're available. This is the deal. Can you beat it?
1: I think that makes, makes sense. And I don't think like, I'm not upset as a Celtics fan about tampering or deals being done that early. I feel like when a player is done and then like, they just have to wait to the rest of the fiscal year for their, like technically for their contract to be out. I mean, I don't think like it's tampering as much as like talking to a player who says three years left on his contract or what seemingly the Lakers and, uh, Rich Paul have done with Anthony Davis, tampering like this with like allegedly done with Al Horford or Kyrie and Kevin Durant. If they're going to be free agents and their season is over, um, I feel like that's, uh, not as egregious. Although if Kyrie was out two months ago, it kind of makes sense why he just gave up in the Buck series, but that's uh, a lot of speculation and, uh, hearsay and there was no proof the other than that one source, but I don't know. I am less upset with uh, someone's season being over and them going to be a free agent talking to other teams. And that just feels like it would be, that's just how business works. It'd be impossible to kind of actually enforce that.
0: Yeah. And, that, and that's my thing here. I, I just wrote a whole thing on mass live about this. Like it, it, I think it needs to be fixed. Something needs to be fixed to uh, with this tampering. And I don't care what, uh, what that is. I don't care if it's making it legal tampering, changing the dates, finding a way to enforce it. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, ah, you got to whatever that is. I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and, and get on a soapbox about this. But you can't really be doing league business out in the shadows. Like, it's not something that this there should be some sort of form to this whole thing. There should be some sort of process here that's out in the open that people can follow. I mean for the fans, they're following this through rumors and reports and that's fine. And it's great for my my traffic on Mass Live. I mean that was good, but shouldn't fans be able to follow this was the meeting today. Kawhi Leonard walked into a meeting today with the LA Clippers. Video of him walking into some office or the Clippers walking into Ka- uh, Kawhi's hotel room somewhere, whatever it is. Like that I feel like has more drama to it. Like the NBA fan can like watch and follow and guess and, and, and really ramp up the, the anticipation rather than follow. Hey, Windhorse says this, you know, Jackie McMullen says that however, however it is, I don't care, but somehow eliminate this back channeling in the shadow stuff.
1: I just don't know how it's done. Like teams are, unless you have like a, uh, each free agent has a rose ceremony and there's a public pitch and like, it's all the decision. I just like, it's, I just feel like that's how kind of the business operates. And it's all about contracts and agents and people are constantly texting other people. And I don't know how you would actually end up regulating that, uh, especially for people who are going to be free agents. Uh, like I don't know. Why wouldn't you talk to in June after the finals are over or something like that? It just you're basically uh, adhering to the fiscal year system when that's just like time is a construct and calendars are a sick joke. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what well, well, I got you there. I got yeah. you there.
0: That's uh, you know, the time is a construct thing is there's really no comeback from that. Uh, why don't we uh, why don't we take a break? I'll recapture my thoughts here. We'll talk a little bit about Enos Cantor being uh, now uh, coming to the Celtics. We'll do that when we return on the Locked On Celtics
2: podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Lose Al Horford, and in the process, it just seems like there's no way around getting just the room mid level exception. There's no series of events that's going to get the Celtics the big mid level exception. Although, because the league doesn't do business again till really July 6th, all of this stuff is just agreements. So, theoretically, agreements, they could just back out, but they can restructure things. So, it's possible some things can change over the course of the next five days or so. But, for now, it seems like the Celtics get the room mid-level exception, right about $4.8 million or so, and they're going to use that to sign Enos Cantor, who last uh, season finished the season with the Portland Trailblazers, Obviously a very good offensive player, very good rebounder, very bad defender. Um, I think, Sam, for less than $5 million, you could do a lot worse than Enos Cantor.
1: Yeah, I think for that amount of money, you are not going to get a complete center. Either you are going to get um, a guy who is like a defensive specialist or a uh, a guy who can, I think Robin Lopez is just like a solid center who I obviously wanted because he likes the Simpsons and is weird. But um, Robin Lopez, like Enos Cantor is a much better scorer and rebounder than um, Robin Lopez or any of like the centers on the market. Now, Kevon Looney apparently took what seems like a crazy hometown discount, but he's more of still of an upside guy and a more of an athlete. He's not the same um, kind of known uh, offensive player that, Cantor is I think Cantor he had some really nice moments in the playoffs he clearly can play um I don't think he's going to be like I, he, I think he will start games but I don't imagine he's going to be getting more than 20 maximum 25 minutes a game he's just not uh as adept defensively I think we're going to see the Celtics um go small a lot with which I don't even know what we'll call the new lineup I was about to say erotic city but it's Definitely not that, but Kemba Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward. I think we're going to see that line up a lot closing games, especially when they're not playing a team like, uh, the 76ers are not playing a team with like a, a post up big. I think the Celtics are going to go small. I feel like that's something that Brad Stevens does. So Cantor for the uh, mid level. It feels like it's a nice pickup. He's just a, a solid guy who can get you some buckets on offense and rebound the basketball, which the Celtics might like, the defensive rebounding uh, last season was truly pretty dreadful. And so um, hopefully he can kind of sure up there. He's definitely not like defensively. He, he's worse in the pick and roll. Everyone's just like, you can't put Cantor in the pick and roll. Maybe as the five man and, and limited minutes, you can kind of um, limit what you do. You're definitely not going to be switching everything, which I know Stevens likes to do. You just can't really do that with Cantor. Um but I think it's a, a solid pickup, especially for what, four and a half million dollars a year. Yeah. Um but I think it also means that they're they have to have like larger expectations for Time Lord. Uh he's really the only other legitimate center on the roster right now. I don't know if they're gonna bring back Tice for a minimum. I think Tice would get significant minutes too if he does come back. Um but it basically they're going to need some sort of defensive presence at center um and i think that that has to be time lord the man who loves jumping uh at this point because i just don't think it can be it can be canter just because that's not what he does
0: yeah no that that's definitely not what he does it, it it's really going to be a very interesting kind of d- decision making process for brad stevens if this is the final you know iteration of the Celtics which i, I don't i just don't think it is um i think
1: there <laughs> That's the wild thing is that Sorry to interrupt, but I saw uh, – we're shouting out the Boston Herald again today, but Bulpette said uh, today that, like, the Celtics are still looking to see, like, what for signing trades they can get out. Like, they, they expect the October roster to be – look a little bit different than it is now. So who knows what moves they could do. Uh, I'm seeing random Twitter reports that they're meeting with DeMarcus Cousins, which I don't even understand at this point how that would work.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: But – yeah, I think there's still things they could do with sign and trades or other things, but I would I, I wouldn't be shocked if they like this wasn't their complaint. like they weren't they're not done.
0: So, one thing in just trying to figure out what the Celtics are doing with their with their moves here, there, there's no reason for them to do a double sign and trade like this whole sign and trade. Kemba to Boston sign and trade uh, Rosier to Charlotte. Like I don't think that has to be a double sign and trade and just trying to trying to like draw some information out of Mike Zarin today at practice. He's just, he's not giving anything out, not talking about anything that's happening mostly because nothing's official and they have, like I said, until July 6th to change the parameters And one thing that he did say, it just from a rules perspective, both teams individually can structure the trade. However they want. It doesn't matter. As long as it works from both sides, the league, when they're determining whether a trade works, they don't say, okay, Charlotte and Boston, how have you structured this? They go to Boston and they say, what have you sent out? What are you getting back? Does this work? Oh, we're sending this, we're sending that. Uh, We're going to get this trade exception, blah, blah, blah. Legal? Yes. Great. Okay. Then they go to Charlotte. They say, Charlotte, how are you doing this? And Charlotte says, we're doing a separate transaction, blah, 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 blah. Does this work legally? Yes. Great. Trade is approved. It doesn't matter if those two things are different. As long as the players who are involved, the elements that are involved, are legal from the way each team does it, then fine. So why am I going through this whole spiel? Because if it was a sign and trade to get Kemba to Boston and they are hard capped at $139 million, which that limits what they can do. But if it's just the regular clear cap space, Al Horford's gone. Kyrie's obviously gone. Those two guys, and you just renounce all these other players. Then you got the cap space, just sign them. And you trade, you trade uh, Rozier to Charlotte, like let Charlotte be hard capped. So then they could do something weird with Boogie if they wanted to. Um, there are methods for them to acquire players. It would take a lot of creativity, but it would. There are ways that we can't comprehend. Watching Mike Zarin try to kind of dance around certain things and just know that he's so much smarter than than any of us. Um, the Celtics have time and motivation to get creative. And if anybody's going to get creative, they are.
1: It's it's Mike Zarin's going to get creative. That guy was a clerk for a Supreme Court just not a Supreme Court justice. He was a justice in the appeals court in like Michigan at some point. That guy's way smarter than, than most people. Um, and he wears a cool jacket during games, which is a... Uh, um, I've always respected the vintage um so jacket it was awesome. It's badass. Um so I think since we are um for lack of a better term dumb and he is mm. uh, smart, we can just uh, debate on the terms of just uh the Celtics are probably like we don't know what those moves are going to be. So we're just going to have to accept that this is largely what the team is going to be now and so I still think they have center issues. I still think they're going to be small, but I do like like I think Grant Williams is going to play some uh, some serious minutes. I think they're they there's hope in moving forward. It's just we Celtics fans all need to accept that we're on we're on a new timeline now. We're on the Jalen Jason train, mm-hmm. and that doesn't arrive at the station for maybe another two, maybe three years.
0: Yeah, it, there's there are a lot of things that need to happen. The Celtics right now. Have made themselves pretty good. Okay, they're a pretty good team, regardless of whatever happens. They're pretty good. Kemba Walker is an All NBA player. Uh, Enos Kanter is a, a very good offensive player. It's obviously diminished by his lack of defensive ability, but he can still look. You can still run a pretty good offense with Kemba and Kanter and uh, Tatum Brown. Hayward, like those, those five guys can run a really good offense. You're not going to be a very good defensive team, but get out there, run. You're probably gonna have to run off of makes (laughs) more, most likely it's going to change the dynamic of what this team is, but they're going to have to, they're, they're going to have to kind of adjust. It's not going to be the same old Celtics, but in the East, especially if Kawhi leaves, which we don't know what's going to happen, uh, the East could be pretty open. It could be pretty open. Uh, Indiana, Philly, Milwaukee are all going to be good. Uh, Outside of that, it's – I don't know. And and I'm not saying that – I don't know that Indy has done anything to make themselves materially better. Uh, Brooklyn will be good, but I I don't know without Durant, you know, Kyrie plus uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan.
1: Who? Are they just going to give up Jared Allen? like? Jared Allen's a much better player than DeAndre Jordan well
0: I mean he was last year I I think I think DeAndre Jordan kind of sulked his way through and he can kind of get back to being a little bit of the former DJ that we remember one one concern from a Brooklyn perspective like last season they were a very happy-go-lucky team like when D'Angelo Russell was torching the Celtics in, in the third quarter again in Brooklyn you look down I was I was at a Straight down the sideline view, and that that Brooklyn bench—they were all
1: dancing. That that was like a very Jared Dudley's doing the YMCA, leading I mean, the team. Like it was, was a happy-go-lucky a franchise,
0: happy team, and they loved each other. Now you throw Kyrie, you throw DeAngelo—I mean, you throw DeAndre Jordan, you throw Kevin Durant into that mix. You know, two of those guys have been known to kind of sap the joy out of out of a locker room i I don't know how happy-go-lucky these guys are going to be
1: plus the um and this i think applies to the sixers as well expectations are a real kick in the ass you know what i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was no expectations that brooklyn would even they were eight games below i think at last point uh at some point last year and there's an expectation they might just tank and so any winning they did was gravy i feel like with the sixers they clearly had expectations but the end which grew exponentially when they uh, accumulated um, Butler and Harris, but now they're going into the full season. And especially if Kawhi doesn't come back, they're going to be every single Sixers fan is going to expect them to be win the East with their acquisitions. Uh, expectations as we learned last year are not the most fun, especially as soon as like things don't go well. And you know, basketball seasons are long things do not go well. And so it's just a, something that the teams are going to have to deal with. I'm not going to say here, like, oh, expectations are going to cripple the 76ers. But it's just a, it's much harder to be that happy-go-lucky team when everyone in the room and everyone in the buildings has championship-robust mentality.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's going to happen, but I've seen it happen. So who knows? Who knows? Why don't we take a break? We'll come back. Kimball Walker was in town. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kawhi. We'll talk about whatever. It's going to be kind of a wild card third segment. We'll do that when we return on the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We have photographic proof that Kemba Walker is in Boston. He's wearing Celtics gear. He's talking to Danny Ainge. He's on Newberry Street talking to kids. He is about the same size as those kids, which is a a little bit like, oh, I didn't realize he was that small, but he's fine. It's fine. Uh, uh, Kemba's in town, and we haven't gotten your reaction to the official Kemba news So uh, why don't we give us the the jam take?
1: Um, My first reaction is the man's got a winning smile. I mean, you see him hanging out with those 14-year-old boys who are just inches, inches taller than him. um, And it just warms your heart. The guy is – he just seems like a cool dude. I liked his uh, letter in the uh, Players' Tribune. I liked that he – Threw some shade at Kyrie about never yelling about it at his teammates on the court. That's fun. I love that he's sponsored by Welch's Welch's Fruit Snacks, because um, I'm hoping that they can parlay that. I'm hoping the Fruit wait, Snack Department wait. talks to the Jamwich Department. Wait, what? I missed that part. <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. Thanks to a uh, good friend of the program, Adam Himmelsbach. He was apparently just perusing uh, Kemba's timeline and found a tweet where Welch's Fruit Snacks sponsored the entire like Kemba Walker camp. So I don't know if it's a long-term sponsorship, but there might be an in into the uh, Welches through Kemba Walker, who apparently is a good three inches shorter than I am.
0: Holy shit! Holy shit!
1: I did, yeah. This I,
0: is big. This is this is urgent breaking news. <laughs> I am I am I'm taken aback.
1: I am taken aback by this. This is this is everything that you've been waiting for yeah but you know how these big fruit company gets i mean the fruit snacks people don't talk to the jam which people they don't talk to the uh grape jelly people it's this it's all bureaucracy you get through one door they just kick you out the other that's that's <laughs> but, business in the fruit business these days i know
0: i know the, the the fruit snack business is a is a brutal brutal business but uh if anybody's gonna crack through i think you can with your persistence and
1: uh just keeps liking my tweets at them but like Four weeks, like later, yeah. It's just like a constant tease. It just gives me that that drip of hope, that same hope that I had that Al Horford might return. Welch's keeps giving me just to break my heart. And who? Maybe maybe things will change now that Kemba's in town and he's got a winning smile. But. I don't know. It's it's just it was cool to see him back. It was cool to see Danny Ainge give him a, a fist bump to let him know that he's uh he's also down. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> uh apparently Mike Zarin can't talk about any contracts or anything like that, but Kemba can wear uh, a Celtic sweatshirt and hang out at the practice facility. So who knows what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I think everything I mean, he did an interview on SportsCenter like hours after free agency, so that was um, that I think everything there is cool, but yeah, uh, however they want to structure it is, is the new thing. Uh, I am I'm, I'm completely thrown off by this Welsh's thing. We have to, we have to figure out how to take advantage of that. We also have to figure out how to stop giving Welsh's just total free publicity. Like no wonder they keep liking your tweets. We just keep talking about them over and over and over again. They've, we have clearly earned, if they were paying us a significant amount of money, in which we're never going
1: to see. Smuckers. Smuckers is another good brand. Smuckers they make a quality great. product. Yep, yep. All those, uh, I can't name many other. Uh, Go organic. Products. Maybe get some organic fruit snacks. Who knows? Yeah. Make your own jelly. Just buy some strawberries at the store and stomp on them. I don't know. <laughs> That's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm in. Yeah, so uh, back to Kemba. Uh, actually, I got nothing else to say about Kimba. Um,
1: well, let me ask you some questions. You got to oh, see sure. yeah. the Celtics rookies today. Yes. At the, I'm sure it was a very lively summer league Ooh. pre-media session. Uh, Taco Fall was there. I bet he was tall. Taco Fall is indeed tall. Um, and did anyone ask him about that? Just go like, hey Taco, you're pretty tall, huh?
0: That was basically half his media availability. Like. We seriously, we got. To- I saw so many quotes about him
1: being on a plane. I was like, "Yep, it, we <laughs> <It's> good stuff."
0: <laughs> I mean, he's uh, good for him for being a good sport. He played along with everything. And he's got to be so sick of like every damn time they put a microphone on my face. People go, "Oh, geez, you're tall." Like, yeah, no shit. I've been seven foot six for a long time. But go ahead, ask me something else seriously half the questions like first off it's like hey how's it going uh why are are you here for the celtics yeah great opportunity blah blah blah." uh scott morrison got gave us like a little tidbit like oh yeah he's much more mobile than we thought he was uh that was a surprise so got a couple like one question about that and seriously one two three four five different questions of wow you're big Uh, um he's like yeah they don't make things for my size oh you were a size 22 shoe wow that's amazing Uh, it's, it's just good for him. Like I said, for playing along, uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to the interviews where he doesn't talk about how tall he is. Um, but it is funny. It is, it's jarring, jarring to see just how much bigger he is than even the big people like Grant Williams is standing in front of you. He's legit like six, seven, six, eight or so. And, he leaves and Taco Fall comes in. He's like a foot taller than that guy. Like, it's wild to see how much almost unsettling it. I don't understand how a human can be that big, but
1: I'm excited for Celtics Twitter to fall in love with Taco this summer of the league and really just advocate for him to make the team and then for him to not make the team. Um, it's just gonna be a fun kind of summer distraction, I think. He's clearly the, the number one guy. I mean, there's a lot of excitement last year. Anytime Time Lord did anything, I think any Taco Fall Summer League moment, oh, the fact that they could probably play together this Summer League is um, just going to be a, a barrel of good times.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it should it should be about, like, the whole Summer League should be about Taco Fall. Like, he's it's it's going to be wild. He, he's going to dunk on everybody. He's... He, Summer league is not good basketball, and he will get many, many opportunities to dunk on a lot of fools. He will become very, very popular very quickly. Uh, he might, he might make it to camp. Uh, the The deal that he signed would would get him to camp, and hey. you know that's. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at the beginning of training camp. I I I'm looking forward to seeing him in summer league to see exactly um, what he needs to work on, where he is in relation to everybody else as far as that mobility, the ability to catch the ball and and handle the ball. Because when you're 7'6", you you can't really do a lot of dribbling. Every time you bring the ball down, there's a really strong chance you're going to lose it. So the biggest hurdle that a guy that size faces is how to function without bringing the ball down or gathering a lot for a jump. You don't need to gather. You don't need to jump very high. The, but I want to see really where he is. So we can get a sense of, could he make it to camp? Could he be one of those guys that they cut and send to Portland and, you know, send him to the G league and, and give him a taste there, which would be just almost cruel because, they fly commercial
1: in the G League. Oh yeah, they take buses sometimes.
0: Yeah, that is going to be like I don't know how you survive. Like seriously, you're you're, you're playing basketball and you got to go and get on a, a commercial flight. Like, man,
1: that's anyway. It's not great. Next, you have other. Questions? Um, I mean, Wait, I, apparently a bunch brilliant. of play. Yeah, I was gonna say Robert Williams spoke today and also I saw Grant Williams quotes talking, just raving about Robert Williams's leadership and how much he's been helping out the rookies, which I was kind of surprised to see because when I think of Robert Williams, um I don't think of him as being the most vocal uh leader, but what did what did the Time Lord have to say for himself uh today at the facility?
0: Well, we we asked him about that leadership and being the guy that's that's out there um, kind of as a sort of veteran, because he's been through this before. And he said that the guys, the, the coaches, talked to him. Um, he said, I'll read the quote, uh, uh, Coach, it's uh, it's another thing me and Coach talked about, being more vocal. If guys don't know what they what to do, like I've been there last year, so stepping up the vocal side and showing guys what to do, because uh, they look, look to me in that way. So he's... He has to, because he's been through a, a season in the league, he understands some of the terminology. He understands where you're supposed to be. And at one point that was made by Scott Morrison, the assistant coach who was going to be the head coach for Summer League, The all of the bigs that they have, whether it's Taco, whether it's Williams, or whomever else that they brought in there, they're all the same type of player. Pick setters, rolling to the rim, and all of that. So there's there's no like here's the Al Horford kind of thing to do. And then, Oh, but you're Robert Williams. You need to do this instead of what, what Al Horford does. You kind of teach one thing. And since Robert Williams has been taught that one thing for a year in the NBA, he can turn around and tell those other guys, no, you're supposed to be here. No, you're supposed to be angled this way. When you set the pick, you're supposed to get out of the pick and roll as fast as possible because you need to roll to the rim and catch the pass and, and, and finish things like that. So it's it's interesting to see a guy that young and and kind of soft spoken, even though he's he, he's really funny. Uh, but it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how he is taking that role.
1: Did he swear at all? Did he swear?
0: I didn't hear any swearing. Oh, but- uh, it's. That's too bad. I I know he's got a very high swear to quote ratio, but in, in this one, I think because he was in the middle of scrub, although no, he's sworn in scrubs before. So I don't know. he it just, it, it just didn't swear,
1: but the guy swears like a sailor. It's fantastic. It's yeah. I
0: mean, now I will also say that he mumbles a lot. Also, he doesn't, he doesn't project his voice. So like Grant Williams projects when he speaks so you can hear him, but, you gotta, you gotta be really close, especially in a big, loud gym with the acoustics and all the basketballs bouncing around. It's hard to hear them. So through most of the scrum, I didn't hear exactly what Robert Williams said. I had to go back. He was just mumbling.
1: he was yeah. mumbling "fuck" a lot. Right. I love fucking but... jumping. Got, <laughs> I, like, I like to fucking jump. <laughs> I got breaking news. What? What? Oh no! What? Uh, Isaiah Thomas has signed a one-year deal with the Washington Wizards. Ooh! So that's pretty cool, actually. I, now that I think about it, they Satoransky, their backup point guard, uh, just signed a deal with the Bulls, I believe. Right? Uh, signed to someone with not the Wizards. I don't remember the team. John Wall's coming back from uh, surgery, so Isaiah might actually get a chance to to play. Um, so that's uh, that's great for him. Or here's the cheers to Isaiah Thomas actually getting another opportunity because uh, in Denver, it felt like he was still coming back from the hip and never really had a chance to, to figure things out because they were in a playoff run. It feels like the wizards um, are the perfect situation where he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy who scores all the time because they have Bradley Beal, um, but can kind of actually get some, some actual minutes. So that's cool to hear.
0: Yeah. And I think that for Isaiah, that was one of the most important things. He said, I just need a shot. I need a legitimate shot. So I'm sure that in talking to the teams that he was talking to, he had to say, look, I want to play. I'm not here to sit on your bench. I'm not here for depth. I want to play. Do you have an opportunity for me? So if that, I assume that that's the case, and I would assume, like you said, like the Wizards provide some level of that for him. So go get it. I mean, it's going to be weird. There's players that we like on the Sixers and now the Wizards. Uh, this is this is going to be a bizarre season. I'm not going to lie; it's going to be kind of weird to see these these guys on on these other teams. So, but go get it. It. I want. I want now. He's going to be healthy. If he gets that opportunity, maybe he can finally get that Brinks truck or at least some level of that Brinks truck. And you know what's good? I'll just throw this other thing out there. One year, next year is a bad free agent class. If he has a good year, he could get himself a good two-year contract. You know, two, three-year contract where he gets like a balloon payment, like a J.J. Reddick type. And go out and make your... A two-year, thirty-million-dollar contract would be amazing for him at this
1: point. So, yeah, I hope he goes out and earns it. Always, always going to root for it. And it just goes to show you can root for players who are not in the Celtics uniform. As long, as, oh man, now I'm just thinking Al Horford Hor- again. Now it's return to sadness. We got to end this podcast.
0: <laughs> okay, fine, I will do that. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening everybody uh, again appreciate really want to appreciate all of the people out there who are listening again we saw today we're in the top 200 on iTunes which is amazing so continue to give us those good five star ratings continue to give us those good written reviews I want to thank all of the people who are reading my stuff on Mass Live the June numbers were through the roof uh, I, I cannot cannot Express my gratitude enough for everybody who's been reading my stuff over there um, so thank you all for that all of you new listeners there may be a few of you because like I said the, with, with the climbing in the rankings there's some people that are sampling so I hope you've gotten to this point and you've decided yes I want to subscribe we are available on all platforms so Apple Google Stitcher Spotify Himalaya all of it. Wherever podcasts exist, we exist. So go ahead and subscribe. If you are a regular listener and you know somebody who needs a new podcast, tell them they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, is packet and taken. Locked On Celtics.